when I got out of high school, I set a reminder on my phone and I worked out at 10 o'clock every morning and the reminder on my phone was get mom and dad a new house. And that was my reminder every phone. So every time before I go to my workout, it pop up on my phone. I just look at it, I pray over it. And that was just like my motivation. It's still on my phone today just like to remind me like, that's why you work so hard. That's why you go so hard every day. And you know, don't take that for granted. So to be able to do that for them, that was just like, everything they done for me, all the sacrifices, everything I've been through in life and them being there for me in the house we grew up in, to give them that house and you know, being the financial stability to be able to pay for that house, it was a blessing for sure. That was Jarrett Culver and this is Wolves Plus. What a feed, Ricky to Carl Anthony Towns for the dunk. Russell shows off the handle and the shot. Culver making things happen. Oh, yes he is! <laughs> Hey Jarrett, always nice to see you. You look just a little bit different this year than you did last year because I know you gained the 10 to 15 pounds, which is my dream. And you may have heard that from other people. Uh, what is the correct way for an athlete to gain 10 to 15 pounds, the right way? I mean, it takes, it takes time for sure. So you just have to you be patient, put in the work and it doesn't happen in a week or two, it happens in a couple months. So during COVID and quarantine and stuff, I got with my trainer and I was able to put on weight and the strength I needed to. And you know, he's very detailed in what we did. So it was good weight that I put on and it's been helping me a lot. Is it maybe not as fun as some of us think it would be like just pizza and fries all day, <laughs> every day? Not that kind of weight? I mean, for me, I actually have it the good way where I had to eat a lot, so they just said for me to gain weight, eat a lot, but it's also eating the right stuff. And then it's also, for me, I love sleep, so that's that's what I've been doing, sleep, a bunch of sleep. So getting taller, I'm trying to get taller by sleeping, and I have a theory that the more you sleep, the taller you get. So I just sleep a lot, and hopefully that's helping too. Yeah, I was just going to say, how's that working? It's been, it's been working my whole life, so I'm, I'm sticking to my theory. Have you not stopped growing yet? I don't think I have. I think I gained an inch or two this past summer, but that's some really? measurements. You must be sleeping a lot. I have been. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always wanted to be taller. I had not thought about that yet, so I'll uh, I'll put it's that in my, uh, my daily routine. Um, this this past off season, we we've heard a lot about how you spent time in Minnesota. You stayed in Minnesota. You rented the house in Eden Prairie that had the uh, indoor basketball court, and you changed your shot. That is not an easy thing to do, just period, because it's a habit, it's, it's something your body is used to. And then you add on top of it, the restrictions from COVID where you don't have a coach that can say, okay, move your elbow, let's try it here. You're just like working through Zoom. How difficult was this process? Um, it was a lot of time, so difficult. I wouldn't call it difficult, but I had a lot of time on my hands and I'm sure everybody did with COVID and the restrictions of going places. And, you know, I was blessed and lucky enough to have a gym at the house I was at. So um, we just was very detailed on what we did. And, you know, it wasn't too much because they couldn't be there and some of the coaches couldn't be there. So it was over Zoom. But I mean, a lot of film work, watching it and, you know, just taking my time with it and being patient with the process is how I took the approach 
of just changing my shot. Okay, so maybe less difficult and the better word might be meticulous. Yes, like yes. Little <laughs> tiny details and adjustments. For sure. Did you ever get sick of that? No, I love I love getting better and I knew I know in the long run it's gonna help and you know, I love to work. That's that's one of my favorite things to do is just to work and, you know, be the better the best person that I could be and best player I could be. So the work I put in is just like tireless work I put in and I know it pays off. So the work work ethic I have is just ridiculous, I feel like. And the coaches, I was bothering them, like, what else? What else? What else? How can I do it? And it was a gym in my that's the first time I ever had a gym in my house. So I was just like in the gym all day. I wake up, I'm in my pajamas, I'm in the gym. I'm just like, yeah, I like that. That's a gym rat's dream. For sure. Your brothers were with you, JJ and Trey are your brothers. Were they with you basically the whole summer? They lived with you? Yeah, um, we got a house out, out here in Minnesota in Dean Perry, and they was able to come out and we stayed together. To be honest, it was like, it was crazy times with COVID going on, but having them and us living together every day, it was one of the best times of my life. So really, kind of my two best friends, like it's crazy because we talk about it and you know, there's a lot going on in the world, a lot, a lot of sad things and with COVID going on. So we was aware of the things around us, but just having them in the house, we played games, we got to play uh, pick up basketball like we used to. It just reminded me of old times where we all lived together since we haven't lived together in so long. So having them at that house, it was fun. Well, there are no slouches in the athletics department either. So I was reading up on your brothers. Trey is the high jumper. He's mm -hmm. won two NCAA indoor titles, three Big 12 titles, has the fourth best high jump in NCAA history, seven feet, seven and three quarters inches. Have you mm -hmm. ever looked to Trey to help your own vertical, like in basketball? <laughs> I haven't looked to him for that. We just compete and say who has more bounce. And, you know, he said he has more bounce than me. I said I, had, I have more bounce than him. So I think it's a competition right there between me and Trey. But at the end of the day, I, don't, I know I can't do what he does in high jump and my back don't bend like that. So I know yeah. I can't do what he does. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Jumping is one thing, but then to throw your whole uh -huh, for sure. back up. Have you ever just even measured your vertical against his? Do you guys do that? Uh, I haven't measured it against his. I know during pre-draft workouts, I, I was getting my measurements um, on my vertical, but I never compared it to his. I don't think he's compared his to mine either, so I'm not sure on that one. Okay. Um, JJ. We read about him and heard about him, especially because of last year when he played at Wayland Baptist University, that's in Plainview, Texas, an NAIA school. Your brother JJ scored 100 points in a game. And I remember we were on the road, we came home, and we asked you, there was like a day off, I think, in between Wolves games, and you had been on your day off at the gym putting up shots, and your, your brother JJ started texting you about or your brother Trey started texting you about yeah. what JJ was doing, right? And that was the game For where he sure. had 100? Yeah, that's what happened. So how did you start following once you were aware of the night that JJ was having? So it was JJ's senior year, and he had a lot on the table, but he also was trying to get 50 that year. So it was one of those games where he got hot early. So I'm with my trainer, and we're about to go shoot. And my, my brother Trace texted me like, JJ has 20 and it's early in the game. JJ has 25. I was like, oh, he about to get 50. That's cool. So next thing I know, I'm like, all right, I'm about to go shoot. JJ about to get 50. Congrats, JJ. You got your 50-point game this year. Next thing I know, I finished my workout. I just see my phone. 
blown up. Just like your brother, what? Your brother scored a hundred. Your brother, I'm just like, I could, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. And then I Facetimed him, and he was just smiling. He was out to eat with my family, all smiles. I was just like, that's crazy, a hundred points. That is crazy. At any level, that is At unbelievable. That's crazy. That picture he has with just the plain white paper and the, <laughs> the 100 wilt style, that's uh -huh. so cool. I know. That's, that's crazy he did that. I, I know he has that moment forever, and can't nobody take that away from him. So the three of you are really blessed athletically, obviously. That doesn't just happen. So you guys, there's something genetic. How good of athletes are your parents or were your parents? <laughs> we always make, make fun of my dad because he talks about how good he was at football, but back in his day, he didn't have film. So we always like, we don't know if you was really as good as you say and all the stories you make of, we just mess with him about it. But I mean, he says he was athletic in football and I think my mom did track for a little bit, but they didn't do anything too major. I think it's just like how, how hard we work and it's a blessing to have the talent we have and we don't take that for granted. And I know our parents grew up, we grew up with a work ethic like our parents. Yeah, you're just taking dad's word for it at this point. I <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Your dad, speaking of, he is a pastor at a Baptist church. You wear number 23 as your jersey number, not for Michael Jordan and the famous 23. You wear it because uh -huh. Psalm 23 is your favorite Bible verse, correct? Uh -huh. Correct. And why? And is it Psalm 23? What is it about that passage? Um, Psalms 23, it's a, it's a message. It's kind of a message my, my dad grew up preaching on. And, you know, it's like one of those messages that stuck with me at a young age and stuck with me through my life and through hard times, through adversity. That's the message I go to. And, you know, when I'm doing good or feeling good, that's the message I go to as well. So it is just kind of a message that stuck with me my whole life is just Psalms 23. That's the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yes. That verse, yep. Yes. A lot of people are familiar with that, especially um, the first part of it. But r religion is obviously a big part of your family with your dad being a pastor, but it's something that's so private and personal. How do you sort of strike the balance between sharing it when people want it to be shared, but knowing there are times when people don't want to hear part of religion and just that fine line that sometimes religion forces in our lives? Yeah, for me, uh, just having a platform that I have, I always want to spread the word, but also got to be careful and just, you know, not just to put it on people and, you know, make myself look better than them just because I'm a believer. But also, as Matthew 5, 16 just talks about how let your light shine, let God's light shine through you. So. That's kind of something that stuck with me is just let God light shine through me and the way I live, the way I talk and, you know, how I go about life, they see God in me. So that's kind of how I approach life and how I want people to see me. I had read that you bought your parents a house this past winter in Lubbock, in your hometown of Lubbock, Texas. Has this house sort of become a gathering place for your family in particular and, and those that are close to you? Yes, for sure. It's one of the best things I've done in my life. And, you know, it was like one of the most good feelings I've ever had. And, you know, just how I grew up and the house we grew up in. Uh, when I got out of high school, I set a reminder on my phone and I worked out at 10 o'clock every morning. And the reminder on my phone was get mom and dad a new house. And that was just my reminder every phone. So every time before I go to my workout, 
it pop up on my phone. I just look at it. I pray over it. And that was just like my motivation. It's still on my phone today just like to remind me like that's why you work so hard. That's why you go so hard every day. And, you know, don't take that for granted. So to be able to do that for them, that was just like everything they done for me, all the sacrifices, everything I've been yeah. through in life and them being there for me in the house we grew up in to give them that house and, you know, being the financial stability to be able to pay for that house. It was a blessing for sure. And you having looked at that reminder for so many consecutive days, what was the feeling like when you either signed the papers or handed over the keys or whatever the momentous, the momentous moment was? What was that like for you when it was done? You bought your parents that house. I can't even explain the feeling like the feeling that I had is just it's just a feeling just of accomplishments and, you know, just a reflection of how hard you work to get to this point and, you know, to keep dreaming. Your dreams came true to keep dreaming and keep going after your dreams and, you know, keep God first and keep working hard. And, you know, whatever we do, my mom, we call my mom, she cries because, like, if we get her a house or, like, it's her birthday, we surprise her. She just cries, like, if JJ's doing good in basketball or something. So we like, Mom, always crying. Like, she was crying when I gave her the keys. And I was just like, I felt, I felt it that time. I was just like, I feel what yeah. you're feeling. Like, it's a blessing for sure to be able to do that. Is that how you unveiled the surprise, was to give your mom keys? Yeah, it was Sunday after church. And they was looking at a couple houses. And, you know, they wanted to move into a new house. And they didn't know I bought it yet, so... They wanted to show me because I was actually back in town. So it was Sunday after church and, you know, we went to the house and like we looking at houses. That was the first one they were going to show me. So I'm just like, all right, show me the houses y'all been looking at. And that's like was their number one house. So they were showing me and I'm just like, all right, y'all don't have to worry about anything else anymore. This house is yours. I handed my mom the keys. She started crying. My brothers was recording. And I'm just like, that's like one of the best feelings I've ever had. That's incredible. What a great story. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, you, we had read about something about, I want to say your mom's eggs, your mom's scrambled eggs or some, something <laughs> where it was a food you loved and maybe it's your mom's cooking in general, where the, the Timberwolves cooks were, were literally trying to mimic the recipe, make it as healthy as possible, right? So that Jarrett could enjoy mom's cooking even when mom wasn't there. How much of that story is accurate? Uh, I mean... I'm not like I, I love to eat breakfast and I have I've never been a big breakfast person but like my mom's breakfast and her eggs are just like I feel like it's different from anybody else's eggs hotel eggs the nutritionist eggs I'm just like I don't know it just don't taste the same and I was like we we talked about it and they you know they they trying to get me on a diet to eat better and the things I'm eating and I'm just like I can't eat those eggs they're like why wow. I was like they're not mom eggs <laughs> and they're like huh so like they started talking to my mom they're like how do you cook your eggs what do you do and stuff like that. So that's a funny story. But what does she do? What's different? I mean, I think she put milk or something. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how she exactly cooks them. I just know they're good. Are we talking about scrambled? Like just your basic? Yeah, scram regular, like just regular scrambled okay. eggs. Like she just cooks regular scrambled eggs and they're just like better than everybody else's, I feel like. Maybe that ingredient is love. It's love. <laughs> she put a foot in it or something. <laughs> It always tastes better. Um, your family has launched the Culver Foundation and you're trying to help people in Lubbock, Texas specifically, but also in a more broad sense, as you guys have put it in uh, on our, your website, is to help to give back to others in need. 
and just make an impact, a positive impact in the world. How much does the Culver Foundation and being able to do something like that with your family mean to you? It means a lot to me. Uh, it's a great, great way to start our foundation and the stuff we started with. Uh, just trying to impact the community first and you know it goes around faith family community and legacy and we want something to last the legacy and you know we want to help families out help our community out friends and you know people in need so to be in a position I'm in to be able to help people it's a great feeling so the, the Cover Foundation my family and my team around me has helped a lot with that and I'm so thankful to be able to be in a position to help others. Yeah, it's a really wonderful thing you guys did. Congratulations on getting that off the ground. It's awesome. When you were in Minnesota this past summer, yes, you you worked out in your, on your basketball court, but you also did some fishing. Had you ever fished before? Uh, I fished once, maybe twice when I was younger, but like never really like seriously fished. Okay, so what was your Minnesota fishing? experience like and was it multiple times that you went or is this like a one-time thing i went once out here it was with the uh a couple of players i was out here working out i was on a boat with a pro fisher and you know it, fishing is different it's patient though i enjoyed it but what i really got into is golfing i've been learning trying to learn how to golf and fishing i, I kind of gave up the fish don't really like me they don't really bite <laughs> on my rods and stuff so i'm just like ah, i do something i can control Tell me though what happened. Apparently you caught a fish, got it like into the boat or up uh -huh. to the boat, then what happens to this fish? Yeah, I, I have to tell the 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 uh pro fisher, I'm telling him to throw it back in. He's like, You don't want a picture, you don't wanna hold it. I, I've never touched a fish. I'm just like scared. And I know if I like they like you gotta grab it a certain way. I don't know what they talk about. I feel like the fish gonna bite me. And I feel like I'm going to drop it if I touch it. Just the way it feels, I'm like, I know I'm going to drop it. So I don't even touch the fish. So it's like on my stick, and I'm just like holding it far away from me and taking a picture with it. And then he has to take it off and throw it back in. But I, I won't touch the fish. <laughs> I can't. The, I just, <laughs> I'm going to drop it because you know how, like, they're out of water. When they're out of water, they do their little squirming and trying to get yeah. air and stuff. And as soon as I feel that, I'm going to drop it. Like, I already know. As soon as it wiggles, you're out. <laughs> as soon as it wiggles, I'm going to drop it. For the photo, did you touch the fish or were you just holding the, like the, the I was just reel? holding the rod. I didn't, okay, I didn't so touch the fish. I've never you, touched a fish. Like I've never held okay. a fish. Okay. I probably never will. Okay. That's, that's fair. They're scaly and not everybody loves the fish. <laughs> I, I get you. So you said golfing. You're, you're picking up golf and you're pretty good naturally or it's a struggle for you? It depends on the day. <laughs> it depends Sound on like the a day. golfer. <laughs> it depends on the hole, really. Some holes I'm really good. I feel like I'm like Tiger out there, get a par or something. Some holes I'm just like way past the. I don't even know what you call it. it was past double bogey, way way past that. So I'm just like, I don't okay. know. Some days I'm good, some days I'm not. But it's a good sport because like you try to catch on to being consistent in it, and it's hard to be consistent in golf. So you know it's a good sport to pick up. And you're a professional basketball player, so people mm -hmm. probably see you on a golf course and assume you can golf. You're an athlete. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm not bad. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm bad. I'm good at golf. <laughs> what? You can ask around. I'm good at golf. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard there might have been another twosome that you joined in Texas that were pretty good. That were thinking, oh, this guy's in the NBA. 
we're gonna get some lessons from him and then uh, no, turned no, out you lessons, didn't have the best I, round. I can I can I can hang, I can I can hold okay. my own in golf. What what part of golf came easiest to you? If it's the drive or a chip or driving. a putt, like Driving. Driving is like the easiest to me. I caught on naturally because I used to go to the driving range and top golf and all that. So like my driver is really good. My my wedge inconsistent and putting, you never know. I never know what I'm what I'm gonna do on the putting. You sound exactly like a golfer. So there you go. <laughs> sounds like you got it. That's how it sounds. <laughs> oh um your favorite TV show or one of your favorite TV shows, Big Brother. Yes? Big Brother. Yep. Have you have you watched it since the start, or is this something you kind of caught on to in the last couple of years? I've been watching it since the start of Big Brother. I actually wanted to be on it, but right now in my circumstance, I can't be on Big Brother. But it's a show that me and my family have always watched. It's, it's one of the best shows to me. What is it about Big Brother? It's just like we always, like, me and my brothers and family, we always put ourselves in their position. We was like, oh, if we're in that competition, what we do? But then it's also a mental side to Big Brother where you have to like think about the game and strategize and get people on your side and be a people's person and have a social game. So it's two sides to Big Brother. So I think that's the thing I like about it is, is you have to be good at competitions, but you also have to be good at the social side of it. Yeah. So have you like almost plotted out your strategy for if and when you get to be on that show? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to win. I'm already, me and my brothers always talk about who will win out of us three because we're going to be at the end. So I'm going to be at the end at least. I always hear them talking about this house guest and that house guest and then there, you get different labels if you're uh -huh. dominant and you win something and there's yeah, a lot yeah. going on. It's a lot going on in that show. You know, the, the actual set I looked up, like the house where they live is a set um, it is in, it is soundstage 18 in Los Angeles. And I'm thinking like you travel to Los Angeles a decent amount. You could at least maybe visit, get a tour. Go see. Yeah. It was on, it was on the plan to go visit there one time this summer, but everything that went on, I couldn't, but I'm gonna visit there for sure. Okay. I hope okay. so. No, Hey, dream big, dream big. <laughs> You took an online class, a college class, this past fall. What class was it? Which class was it? Yep. I had a couple. I think I had, no, 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 I just had, I had one. I had one this summer. Okay. I assume this is working up to you getting your college degree. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Over time, grandma and mom always want me to get my degree, so I'm just like, hi, right, I get it. But, you know, it takes time. So in my position, leaving school early is going to take some time. But, you know, I'm making the right steps towards that. So your grandma and your mom want you to get your degree. How important is it to you or to them that you get there at some point? You finish. It's important because basketball is going to end one day. So it's important to have. But, you know, growing up as a kid, you want to dream big. And, you know, everybody always told me, what are you going to do after basketball stops? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to play basketball. That's what I'm focused <laughs> on right now. And everybody's like, it's going to stop. The ball's going to stop bouncing this and that. I was like, all right, I'll figure out then. It's, I, people do say that, and it's hard because it's all you know and you're so consumed with it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to look 10 years ahead and think about what that version of your life is like. That's true in any profession, though, really. It, it is for sure, and everybody, a lot of people just say, like, what's your plan B if basketball doesn't work growing up? They always say, what's your plan B? I'm like, I don't have a plan B. Plan A has to work. <laughs> well, it's a good thing basketball's worked for you. 
<laughs> for sure. When you, so you, you played two years at Texas Tech and obviously got two years of schooling in, and you played in the national championship game, yeah, in Minneapolis. And we're underway with Culver snagging it off the tip from Owens. Culver comes over, wants it. Nice, that's what they're so good at, that interior passing. Woo. Averaged 18 a game. Ooh. Showing some handle. Here he is. Uh, he loves that. That's his move. Oh, yeah. Get a piece of the lane. Get your airborne. He pump fakes And it. I have always looked at the NCAA tournament, even the early rounds, as, as just this own kind of universe. The amount of attention and media coverage and, and just the way a team is treated like kings, much less the team that makes it all the way to the national championship game, your experience, even though your team didn't come away with the ultimate championship, just the experience of the spectacle that is like no other, the NCAA tournament, how do you put that really into words for those of us who have never played in that, nor will we? I mean, the March Madness experience, it's a dream come true. Like you grow up watching, you know, one shining moment, you see the end and you always want to be on that. And you just see the whole tournament, everybody pick picking their brackets out and picking their teams and the excitement around it all. And to be in it, it's a dream come true for sure. And coach always told us during the tournament, he always said, smell the roses. And that's just like, enjoy the moment, enjoy where your feet are and just, you know, enjoy the, all, all the time that you have right now because this is a dream. Like, and we realized that early that like, okay, we're in the NCAA tournament. We can make a big run this year. Let's enjoy it. And I think that's what everybody on the team did, the coaching staffs and everybody. We did a lot of great things. We got to experience places we never been, and it was a, it was a great moment. Like, I'd never been to Minneapolis until then. I didn't know I was gonna be here. It's funny, it's funny how things play out, but you know you got to go places, experience things, and that tournament it was it was it was amazing. And now being a couple years removed for it, when you look back, did you soak it in enough? I soaked it in for sure. I enjoyed every single second of it, and. Um, you know, we fell short, and our team, we still hurt by it. We still like, dang, we wish we would have won the national championship. We put so much into it. But at the end of the day, like, we made something that never happened at Tech before. Everybody put in the work to get there. And it's a dream come true for sure. Yeah, it was a good run, no doubt, good run. Um, we, we have a, a restaurant chain here in the upper Midwest that you don't have in the South. You guys have the Whataburger everywhere. Whataburger. We have Culver's. Culver's and I'm yeah. thinking there might be a natural endorsement here. Have, has Garrett <laughs> Culver been to Culver's? Uh-huh. Yeah, they sent, me, they sent me some stuff. Uh, they sent me like a little blanket and they sent me like a hoodie and some other stuff. So I always wear the Culver's hoodie and people know my last name is Culver. So that's just, that's just funny how that ties in and that endorsement should come sooner or later. But, you know, that's, that's funny how it plays out that Culver and Culver's. Well, if we did nothing here today more than help you get that endorsement, <laughs> get endorsement then I think from Culver's. <laughs> well, uh, you know what, Jared, I wish nothing but the best for you this season and what has been a little bit of a crazy season. And whenever you get a chance to work on that golf game, we're just, we're nothing but support for you on the court and off. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Always good to chat with you.